Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. It's been a while. Paul's been jet-setting. He's been in the land of down under. And it's so lovely to have you back home. Oh, it's so good to be back home. I had such a wonderful time with my sister and family there. But it's it's always good to arrive back in South Africa and always good to see you, Jane. Oh, my love. <laughs> so it's this time of year where I'd like to chat about maybe kindness around the festive season. Yeah, it's a big one. As exciting and as wonderful as the holiday season can be and summer holidays uh, and all sorts of celebrations, it's often a very stressful time for people Mm. on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the first port of call is it means children are at home. Yeah. So to the working mom, you got this. Mm. Uh, And there will be hairy days where it's very overwhelming just trying to you know, balance what's happening at home and then going to work and then, you know, life's still carrying on at home. I must say for me, my kids are now at an age, you know, being nine and seven respectively, where we've definitely moved into a much easier season. But it still doesn't take away that I'm juggling hard now because the kids aren't at school from quarter past seven until half past 12, two o'clock in the afternoon, constantly managing home life as well as going to work and putting a chicken on the table. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the financial implications of holiday times are really hard for a lot of people because where there's routine and where there's work, we kind of can keep the budget in check. Yes. But as soon as holidays come, there's an expectation of, of fun and extra and more and things that aren't in the budget. And that's really tough to keep in check as well. I must say something that has helped is because when my kids get bored, they want to chow yeah. and they want to eat. So it's always a perpetual cycle of I'm hungry, regardless of what you've just eaten. So what I decided a couple of holidays ago, which really works for us, is actually packing them a lunchbox mm. at the beginning of the, idea. On the morning of the Wednesday of the holiday. Guys, this is your snack box for the day. Mm. If you want to plow through that, go for it. But if you're hungry thereafter, these are the things that are on offer. So a chocolate muffin is not on offer, nor yeah. is it crunchy, nor is a bowl of ice cream. Yeah. You've got the grapes and the yogurt and the biltong stick, which are on offer. And all of a sudden, I find it's curbing that I'm bored, I will eat situation because once you've had two handfuls of grapes, maybe you don't want a third. <laughs> <laughs> so that also bats into the budget. Absolutely. I think also your routine is so good for us, for kids, for families, for individuals. And that break in routine can be really physically and emotionally and financially very disruptive. And so I think trying to find ways to have that holiday summer yay feeling and mixing it up a little bit and taking a break from the routine, but also finding ways to keep it in check. Yeah. Then that in reality, psychologically speaking, it's quite soothing to have some things, even when you're on holiday, that are familiar and yeah. predictable. It makes yeah. us feel safe and and in control. Well, again, we went back to the drawing board and we were like, okay, cool. So I must say as a mom, it's nice not getting up at half past five. It's a nice change of rhythm to still be lolling around at quarter to six or seven o'clock. But my kids know that from seven until nine, it's breakfast and pajamas. Mm -hmm. So that means overflowing bowls of Rice Krispies in front of the TV is fine. Mm. But come nine o'clock, you're outside. Mm. And they also understand that 
holidays is not about lolling in front of the TV all day because it doesn't grow your mind and it's not good for you. So if you go and run outside from 9 until 12, okay, that's cool. So that's what we do. And then at 12 o'clock, it's lunchtime. And then we have a rest. Mm. And I've had to really work hard with my kids for them to understand that sleep is not a punishment. It is a gift. Absolute gift. It's for yourself to replenish. It's downtime. Read a book. But on, you're on the bed from 2 until 3. Then they know at 3 o'clock. We get up and we have 10 biscuits. And we watch a bit of TV. And then we're outside again. Mm. We are building forts. We are making Lego spaceships. We are painting. We are drawing. But again, it's that loose infrastructure that it manage. I can manage it and they can manage it. Expectation. And it's not only for kids. This is for adults as well. I'm going to come onto the sleep in a second. But I think having a sense of expectation just helps us manage our emotions in a day. Mm. So I'm not disappointed. I'm not let down. It's not like I feel like you've taken something away that was due to me. So that routine creates a sense of, well, that's what I can expect in the day. And I can keep that in check as the day unfolds. Mm. But where there's no routine or there's no clear sense of, of what's going to happen in this day, it's very easy to feel bored and disappointed and frustrated and overstimulated mm. and, and then act out in, in all sorts of ways. So mm. I love that suggestion of having some kind of loose format for the day so we can all manage what's going to happen and where I fit into that. But, you know, I want to pull out that, that sleep topic because I think it's really relevant to adults as well. So when we go into the festive season and we go away with families or we're spending more time with families, there's a sense of I always have to be around and be present and kind of yes. engage in the conversation yes. and be fun and be effervescent. And, and that's really hard to sustain, especially after a full year where all you really want is just a bit of downtime. Yeah. So I think having nice conversations with your families – and, and setting it up that you know, sleep and going for a lie down is not that I don't love you or not that I don't want to be here or not that I don't care, but actually it's part of this. Uh, and it's very healthy and happy to just kind of slip away for an hour or so and mm. just lie down and, and rest. Hard for my kids because I say again, they think it's a punishment. Mm. Like, guys, I promise you, one day when you're an adult, you'll see that this is the <laughs> best gift you were ever given and you didn't even know. Because yeah. I remember as a kid, we'd go, my folks would go and lie down every Saturday and Sunday. And I was like, my gosh, what a waste of time. <laughs> now I'm like, just get on the bed, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's not even lying down, but maybe it's just taking some you time, some quiet time. Uh, and that's even for the extroverts out there. As much as you want to be in on the action, the FOMO, and you, you don't want to miss out, just be making sure that you, you are still in the holiday period doing those things that you know replenish you and make you feel better. Because mm. When someone's pushed to the end, and I think this happens in a lot of families over the holiday period, we get emotionally pushed to the end. We're not sleeping enough. We're not in our routine. We're not doing things that we know that are good for us. We're often drinking and eating too much, not drinking enough water. It's kind of like a ticking time bomb. And then stuff goes down. Yeah. And it becomes this big explosion. And it doesn't have to be that. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up because I think that – this time of year is all about family time. But for some families, family time means trigger time. Mm. So how does one, you know, we're touching on it, but how does one really go into compressed family time? We've got a whole lot of different personalities and triggers and history and you cramming everyone into a house and saying, now go. <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. And all and all. And we're all going to get out this alive. Yeah. I think... In response to that, you know, one of the first things I'd say is if that if you are going into a situation like that, plan. So anticipate it, 
prepare in your mind what you might do in different situations that would make it better for you and probably what you've done differently to the past if it has resulted in conflict. So what can I take control of? Mm -hmm. And maybe even come up with an affirmation for yourself for that period that you can keep repeating to yourself uh, that helps you through it. Something like, I am enough. I don't need to prove anything. I don't have to have that same old fight again. Mm. And in those moments where you're watching the dynamic gravitating towards that same old, bold, and the beautiful scenario, okay, pulling yourself away from it. I choose something different in this moment. So I'm going to act off the script here. I'm going to do the unthinkable and not rise to it. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to exit. Or I'm going to say something different. I'm going to choose to insert kindness into this moment for for all of us. So I think plan and be aware of what some of those triggers for you might be and, and how you can shift and change it. If it feels right, maybe having a hard conversation with your family uh, before you get there. Like, guys, you know, this is such a wonderful opportunity for us to be together. Let's shift the tone this year. And we're going to have a code word or we're going to do things differently this time. And when things feel like we're gravitating towards it, someone's going to shout the code word mm. and we're going to take a time out and we're going to choose to to be different this year. Mm. Really cool advice. Mike and I were actually, Mr. T and I were sitting and chatting the other evening and it was the night before Black Friday and we both had quite a somber feeling in our hearts while we were conversing around how many parents were gearing up to hit retail spaces way ahead of opening time just so that they could fulfill the desire that their children needed this in order to be happy. Mm. And I just really want to echo that I know as a parent that you want to be able to provide your child with that present or whatever that thing is, but also just to take the pressure off. Yeah. They're not going to hold you ransom for the rest of your life because you didn't get them the 850 Rand Pokemon glow-in-the-dark card. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I was at a prize giving and the little chaps were walking into the, the ceremony. And I know you've done some prize givings this season as well. And it's just such a joy to be part of those experiences. But something that really stood out for me was the young guys were walking into the ceremony. And these are grade ones, twos, and threes. And, you know, each and every single one of them, when they walked in, their eyes grew wide and they were looking into that audience. And all they were looking for Mm. was their parents in that audience. And it kind of really reminded me again that actually all children really want is just you. And, yes, at a superficial level, at a material level, which we feed into and we sometimes socialize our kids into believing. Yeah, they're going to say, I want that. And I they're going to make lists about stuff and, and they're going to get excited about stuff. But beneath all of that, what they really, really want, and you have to hold on to that as a parent, is they just want you. And the greatest gift I think you could give your kids this holiday period is just spending time with them, doing stuff with them, looking into their eyes, affirming them, being affectionate with them, hearing their stories. And I think that is just, for me, the greatest gift. And I want to encourage everyone out there. Yeah. And even if if it's not just in your relationship with your kids, but just the people in your family, you are the greatest gift that you can give them. Hard, though, when they come home from school and they've got the catalog and they've sat and put rings around everything that they like and everything is 1,000 runts and above. (laughs) I'm Uh, like, oh, no, you're not getting that rainbow corn. Yeah, You're not getting that this year. (laughs) That's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) And what a powerful lesson in life as well, though, because – that is how it is sometimes for all of us. There are going to be some moments in life where we really, really want something, 
but it's just not the right time for it or it's just not possible for it. And I don't think that that's a parent fail. It's a hard moment, but it's a wonderful opportunity to also teach us, our kids about the value of stuff and the value of how much things cost, mm. but also the value of, of what really matters in life. And so use those opportunities as a wonderful learning lesson. Well, I mean, we've been very fortunate that for Christmas, my sister and her husband have paid for the five of us to fly to Cape Town there and back. We're like, whoa, super generous, but majorly grateful. And I've said to the kids, you've got to understand you will each get two gifts to open on Christmas morning because A, we're traveling to Cape Town. What yeah. a gift. Okay. Yeah. And B, we're going to pack into suitcases and I'm not packing exorbitant things. So you need to wrap your head yeah. around that. But I read an article about, you know, after they've opened the second present, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, it's just that kind of mechanical autopilot consumerism, uh, self-indulgence. Yeah, 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 it's manic, manic, manic. Yeah. More, more, And I more. think that sometimes we feed into that as well, especially when you're going into Christmas, uh, maybe with extended family and people that are going to shower their children in 150 gifts and you roll in with your Fabergé decoupage plate that you've made with their name on it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you feel like you need to size up against other people in the giving. That can also be a pressure. Absolutely. So trying to keep up with your siblings or trying to keep up with the, the family. And I think it's, it's easy for us to sit here and say it. I think I can completely relate with how hard that is sometimes. But just talking yourself through it and, and kind of reevaluating what really matters mm. and what really is important to you. And the gift of sharing your time and, and your values with your kids and your family, that is the greatest gift. Um, and that is what they're going to hold on to and remember. And I think if many of us cast back our minds to some of our best holiday experiences, I'm pretty sure it wasn't around stuff as much as it was around gesture. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And I can get that. Mm. I mean, I have pictures of me standing at our farm in the Midlands on Christmas morning next to the tree with like my neon moon bag on. Just so chuffed. chuffed. Neon moon bag <laughs> next to the tree. And then just remembering all the activity around the house. Yeah. The paper hats that would stain your hat and your head because yeah. of the humidity and you'd have that red rim yeah. and pulling the crackers and everyone reading out their jokes and yeah. playing with that little game that had those little silver balls that you had to move around and get into the little holes yeah. and all those small things. Oh, the Christmas pudding that had real money in it. Do you remember yeah, those remember days? That. Don't swallow the five Don't rand. Don't swallow the runs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the feeling that's so, so important. And I, I just want to encourage everyone who's listening to just reconnect with that. Interestingly, in Australia, one of the things that really jumped out to me while I was visiting, and it kind of feels like it fits into this conversation, was how retail spaces were so friendly and light. And going to malls over the Christmas period, okay, mad, okay, mad. So I think in terms of planning ahead, being conscious of the fact that I want to go into the space and I want to be kind, smile at people. Be nice to the people who are, are serving you. And if you are someone who's serving, be kind and, and open and gentle. And, and let's shift the energy of those spaces because they're tough as it is because mm. all the financial anxiety comes into that space. All the uh, sensory overload of bright lights and music and being thirsty come into that space. If so, I buy this, I will be happy. Exactly. Yeah. So all of that stuff is going on. So we need to kind of buffer it or block it or respond to it. And I think by being friendlier to each other, lighter, more supportive of each other in those spaces, it can make a 
huge difference. And I'm not great in those spaces. I'm not great in highly populated spaces where I'm queuing or I'm depending on pace to yeah. move me along. So I get quite, I think yeah. it's claustrophobic for me more than yeah. anything. But I think we've also got to remember that, especially like in KZN around this time with a lot of visitors, that we need to be gracious hosts. Yeah. As hard as that is, and I am talking from experience, I get it. When you are caught in bumper-to-bumper traffic trying to get into a single-lane parking and people are hooting and it's loud and then it's loud in the shopping center and the service is not great or whatever, we've just got to dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> Take some deep breaths. And I know that this... This is going to get people laughing because it sounds kind of strange and unhealthy. But I feel very overwhelmed in shopping malls. And a strategy that I, I've started adopting over the years is every now and then I just go to the bathroom and close that stall door and catch my breath and check the conversation that's happening inside of my head. Because in the throngs of the crowd and the lights and the noise and all of the energy that you start picking up that is both yours and other people's, it just becomes so overwhelming. And it, I think the sensory overload of it for me sometimes is really intense. And that's a strategy that sometimes helped me just kind of separating yourself for a moment and just refocusing with you, going back to your relationship with you. If I can also give another pointer, don't go shopping with your kids. Mike and I did it not too long ago. I don't know if we conversed about it. I know I spoke about it on East Coast. But we went one Saturday morning to go and buy Mike a pair of shorts and we ended up being strong-armed we were at the counter. Mike's plastic was in the machine about to deduct 890 rand, which comprised of a pair of Pokemon board shorts. He didn't need them. A Super Mario t-shirt. He didn't need it. And a baby toy dog wrapped in a blanket. <laughs> Who needs that? <laughs> we all need that. Side note. And Mike looked at me as it was about to go through. He's like, what are we doing? Yeah. They had manipulated us because we were malleable. Mm. And all of a sudden, Mike ripped the plastic out, transaction declined. Well, you can imagine yeah. the scene. Yeah. I had a nine-year-old's finger in my grill. <laughs> I had a seven-year-old daughter's cobra neck tuning me like I was something not even worthy of life. And the other one storming norming off out into the shop. It's like, what is going on here? Yeah. We have lost control. Yeah. But I think it's. It's quite scary being going shopping with your kids at this time because you want to feed in yeah, and you want to be festive and it is holidays and you've had such a great year. But at 890 Zars, yeah. <laughs> you don't need all that you stuff. You don't need that stuff. Let's go and have a milkshake and converse. Yeah. It was the worst milkshake we've ever had because no one was talking. Mike and I were boxing because it was so intense. Yeah. And going with the list. So I think that's something really, it's a, it's a really practical piece of advice. But when you're going shopping, don't go there as an emotional shopper. Yeah. So go there with your list, plan, be prepared, go in there, get what you need, and be as friendly and as kind in that space as you can be, and, and then get out, and you're probably going to feel a whole lot better for it. Also, if your children aren't old enough to have your cell phone number down pat, please write your number on their hand. Because in a blink of an eye in a really crowded shopping space, they go and have a look at the toy on the left, you're looking at something on the right, and you know that feeling. You know that feeling when you turn around, you cannot see your person. When your stomach oh. goes to ice blocks. Oh, I'm feeling it. Write there your number on their hand and tell them, if you do not see mommy in a shop, you go and ask to use a phone, I will pick up the telephone. Mm. 
What a wonderful, wonderful time to be alive in Durban. The sun is shining. The holidays are here. I can smell the sunscreen from here. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. But most importantly, and the thread that's run throughout this conversation today is just the feeling that you are the greatest gift that you can give yourself and the people around you this festive season. We love you and go well. Yeah, happy holidays, everyone. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.